Ultimately, everything kind of boils down to one question. What's the fucking point? So, let's talk about it. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and this podcast brings a little levity and a lot of curiosity to some of the biggest questions and ideas that us meager humans can ponder. Join me and our guests each week as we dig into topics around consciousness, spirituality, psychology, and philosophy, all with a healthy dose of existential angst. And now, today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's episode number eight, and I am procrastinating in true fashion. It is Tuesday morning. I'm going to release this episode later today that I recorded last week, and I have not done the intro yet, so I'm sitting here at Portland International Airport. Um, waiting to board the plane back home to Nashville and I was like oh shit I still haven't recorded the intro so here I am doing that right now and this week's episode is with my friend my yoga teacher my inspiration for all things yoga Emmy Singer Emmy is the founder and F-bomb enthusiast at Inner Light Yoga Nashville, which you've heard mentioned on a few episodes so far because I've had um, another teacher from Inner Light on the show as well, and I just talk about it because I love it and it's my yoga home. So Emmy is on the show and we just meander all over wonderful conversation about the meaning of life and all of the esoteric things that we're interested in, our skepticism, connection, the need for stillness, and balancing polarities. So it's a really, really rich conversation. I had so much fun talking with her, and I hope that you're going to love it too. Um, And yeah, the past few days, if you've followed along with any of my photos or Instagram stories, has just been incredible. This is one of those cities, Portland, um, similar to Asheville, North Carolina. There's a little airport announcement for you um, that I could absolutely see myself living and I love everything about it. The food is incredible, the nature, it's just wonderful. And I could totally see myself living here, except for that it's even farther away from most of the people that I love. So probably not, but hopefully I will get to visit um, numerous times. And also I got to, on the trip, meet my friend, Emily Clark, shout out, Emily. I'm probably going to have Emily on the show at some point because she is full of wisdom and ridiculous things to say. Um, so I got to meet Emily who I met through an online course, um, Laura Long's course, actually, who was a guest and she is a therapist here in Portland and a marathon runner and an artist and an overall incredible human being. So that was such a treat to get to meet someone, a friend in person for the first time. Um, other than that, I don't have any wisdom to share with you right now because it's too early. Although central time, it's really not that early. So acclimated a little bit here. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the conversation with Emily. Oh, I did think of one other thing I wanted to share, um, which was something I mentioned on my Instagram post yesterday. I got to have a tarot reading from Aaron Aquarian, who's like totally Instagram famous tarot reader here in Portland. She calls it portal land. And she, her energy was just, I know it sounds really hippie guys, but it was wonderful. Um, and the reading was so much fun and it was just, I really loved seeing, I've only had one other professional tarot reading done and that was years ago at Kripalu. So the reading was really wonderful and getting to see how she interacts with the deck and how she weaves in all of both the individual, all the kind of layers of our psyche and how each card can represent that, but also how it represents our sort of collective journey here. So for instance, the, um, with the major arcana cards from the fool to the world is really a journey that we go through in our life and that the fool is kind of our spirit coming into the world just authentic and real and, 
And then there's the first two cards, the magician, and I'm going to forget the second one. (laughs) Um, But they are really about kind of that childlike sense of wonder, our authentic self. And then we kind of get dumped into this culture that tries to decide who we need to be. And so the emperor, the empress, the hierophant, um, these religious kind of systems and structures that try to make us a certain way and try to mold us rather than allowing us to blossom and flourish into our truest selves. And so getting to see kind of how we move through that journey. And then she did life and year readings for me. So my birthday Um, all of those numbers, the month, the year, or the month, the date, the year added up to 33. And then she took that number three plus three, since there's only 22 cards in the major arcana. So three plus three is six. So uh, my life card is the lovers number six. So really kind of coming into myself after this kind of journeying through these systems and structures that try to pressure me to be a certain way and the patriarchal oppression um, just culturally and coming into what do I like? What am I drawn to? What is my desire? So that would be an interesting card for all of you to check out is your life card if you don't know what it is. And then we did the year card, which is my um, birthday of this year. So added up with the month, the date and 2018. So anyway, something to check out. If you're interested in check out Erin Aquarian on Instagram, she posts all kinds of wonderful stuff. And let's get into the episode with Emmy Singer. And wherever you may be listening to this, I hope that you have a wonderful day. I hope that you know how incredible and unique that you are. See you on the other side. So you moved to Nashville and then moved away and moved back, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just like jumping around. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the history of that. So where do we start? So I came to Nashville first permanently in 2011. I had been here in 2009 for an internship and had like this massive love affair with Nashville. Mm -hmm. Like I had never experienced that. I was really young. I was like 19 and just kind of my first taste of freedom and I truly fell in love with Nashville. So as soon as I graduated college... I moved here like three days later. Mm-hmm. Lee and I met within six months of me living here, and we were, have been together ever since. And so when we got married, which was end of 2015, we were sort of like having this desire to like change things up. We yeah. really at that time felt like Nashville had served its purpose. We were wanting to do something else, and we were just, like, ready for an adventure. And it was sort of like, hey, we're young, we're newly married, we don't have children, like, we can go wherever we want to go. Yeah. And Lee is from California for the majority of his life. He grew up there since he was, like, 12. Mm -hmm. And he was like, let's just go to California. You know, my parents are there. We'll have, like, a little bit of a foundation. Let's, like, go and pursue the idea of opening a business there. And we had had a lot of stuff set up for the business to open and as soon as we got out there it like all fell apart wow universe is like nope literally (laughs) the universe was like no and it was like it was really hard i mean i did not vibe with california Mm. and like la california this is orange county okay so So south of la yeah Yeah, culture wise yes and and california just in general is a different breed of people Mm -hmm. and i i always explain it to people of like So in New York, which is where I'm from, people are just an asshole to your face. (laughs) Like, and it's not necessarily in a mean way. It's just, like, people are direct. People are... This is right. This is how I see things. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. In California, it's like everybody has blinders on, and they're sort of just in their own world, on their path, doing their own thing, and they're not really like cognizant of what's happening around them. And this is just my experience. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, my husband's from California. I love him. He's a great person. (laughs) His family's great. But it was just weird. I felt like I couldn't find any people like and when you're you know I was what 26 at the time and I don't really go out and party anymore and I'm newly married how do I meet people girlfriends yeah Yeah, friends and it's really scary all of a sudden it's like you're 12 again and you're asking people to be your friend (laughs) and you're like "Uh, how do I do this and so yeah there were just a lot of signs from California where the universe was just like you're meant to only be here for a little while Mm -hmm. 
and we're not sure why we're here, but we're going to kind of navigate through that. And then the universe literally kicked us out of the state of California. It was like all these things happened where the place we were living, the landlord was like, I'm selling it, lease is up, time to go. And like we had like a weekend to vacate California and we came back to Nashville because while we were there, it was sort of this reflective period of like, wow, Nashville's actually really great. Like we have people and community and family, you know? And it was like, well, we can just go back. Right. So it was a wild, like, eight months. Yeah. Of driving across the country, driving back again, (laughs) having all of your shit in, like, storage, and then not, and then in, and then packing, and, like... Right. It was crazy. And it feels like with things like that, where it's like, we can look at it from that lens of all these things, there were so many Mm -hmm. things that were happening that it's, like, almost seems like, too much for it to just be, like, accidental. Like, there, right. there's some kind of thing yes. sort of directing or, or pushing you in a certain direction or away from a certain direction. Totally. Um, so, in general, is that, like, a philosophy that you prescribe to? Or what do you think? I think so. I think there's always some sort of thread within, like, your life or your journey that is going in one specific way for a reason. And I don't, the thing that gets me the most is like, I don't think you, you never notice it in the moment. Mm -hmm. You never are able to sit and be like, at least for me, Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, this is a part of something bigger. It's like after the fact and like within the reflection. Yeah. Because I just remember being so like emotionally chaotic in California. And then I think back to like other experiences that I've had, like with like loss of my dad or like divorce of my parents, just being like so chaotic in the moment to not really realize what is the purpose. But like later on, and maybe it's because you get older or it's because you do take the time to like, why did that happen? Why did I go there? Why did I lose someone? Why did I whatever it was? And like that's the really sweet place of being like, oh wait, maybe it was that thread, that thing. Yeah. That's kind of the the bigger picture, the universe, the destiny. Right. God, yeah. if you want to define it. Like whatever you want to call it. I love this quote that says life is a dance between letting things happen and making things happen. Mm. Because I like that. you know, obviously like we've got to do shit if we right. want things to happen, but like totally. we've also just gotta realize that we're not in control. Yeah. And I think when things like that happen, like you said, there's this like wisdom afterwards. And I think we can we can hypothetically or ask all these hypothetical questions like, Well, do you wish that like right. you had just stayed in Nashville all along and never had this like windy thing? But it's almost pointless to even Right. Theorize about that. Right, right. What do they call it? I was just reading this novel, and there's like, there's a term in the courtroom hmm. when, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. But like <laughs> when you're on trial or something, and you, in hindsight or whatever, yeah. like you say, like, well, in hindsight, if I'd known blah, blah, blah. And that's like, you can't speak to that in a courtroom. Yes. It's like, it doesn't matter. Because, like, you didn't know when you kn- when it was happening. And so, yeah, yeah, you know now, but you can't go back and change it. So right. it's irrelevant. Yeah. You know? I feel like that's, like, half the times I'm sort of either talking myself or my yeah. clients through, like, a shame spiral. Uh. It's that whole thing of, like, okay, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, if you had known everything that you know now, you probably would have made different choices. But, right. But you don't. So, yeah. Or you didn't at the time. Right. And who's to say, like, maybe you'll absorb it for the next time around, but, like, maybe you won't. Because mm-hmm. we're just, like, human beings and we're just on to the next thing. And so it's, like... <laughs> I want to try and remember how I felt in X, Y, and Z and what I learned from it. But knowing me, (laughs) I will be emotionally chaotic again at some point in my life where I won't necessarily call on the wisdom that I do have. And just, like, maybe sort of being okay with that. Right. And then, like, ooh, what's the lesson I'll learn later again? That you'll spend, like, 80 years learning the same lessons over and over again, (laughs) and by the time you, like, figure it out, it's like, okay, it's time to die. And and maybe reincarnation is a thing, and maybe not. Right. But if it is, you've forgotten all that wisdom. Right. Or, like, maybe you bring something with you from your past life into this life. I don't know. I've, like, been really craving doing a past life reading. Yeah. Which, have you done one? I have not. And it's one of those things where... um, I'm very curious about it, and I, like, will right. hear people talk about them and say that, oh, this was incredible, right. and and I want to, but then it's, like, there's that skeptical part of me yes. that's, like, whatever. Like, even if our consciousness survives in some form, like, it's not in this, like, 
one little pod that came into the Valerie body, and now right. that pod is going to go, like, right. it's just more dissipated. So I think that, like, I want to believe it, and maybe someday I will, but at this point, I'm right. not there. And I feel like I'm scared to open Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same with, like, going to a psychic or even a medium. Or yeah. I just, like, I have this hesitation of, like, do I want to know? Right. <laughs> like, what is knowing going to offer me? Yeah. Because what if it's, like, really bad, you know? Like, right. I've known, like, a family member of mine had a past life reading, and it mm-hmm. was, like, horrendous for her wow. to realize, like, where her – she was, like, in the Holocaust. Oh she's God. Jewish, and she was, like, a child in the Holocaust. And she's like, well, fuck, now I'm really, like – that's, like, sitting really heavy on my heart, and I don't know how now to take that – and, like, move forward. And this is now always going to be with me that, like, this was a part of Ugh. my soul's past. And, yeah. like, how do I forgive and move on? And, like, and it's just hard, you know? So I'm like, right. do I want to know? Well, and even that, like, kind of gives me the skeebies mm. or whatever. Because it's like that, I mean, maybe the person that she did that reading with was, like, highly skilled and, like, really compassionate in the delivery and, like, maybe, you know, really open in terms of maybe this happened, maybe it didn't, but this is sort of the feeling that I'm getting. But it makes me think about, like, the weight of, like, the responsibility of people who are doing that kind of work. Oh, yes. Because it's like, she is hearing that as objective truth and reality, and maybe it is, I don't know. Right. But, like, that's that person telling her that has changed the course of her life, even if right. only the way she sees herself. Right. That's so powerful. And, and is it, Right? And, like, to think that, like, we all have that kind of role in life somehow. Yeah. Do you know? Like, you – we have interactions all day long with people mm-hmm. and in healing and therapy and yoga, and it's like, shit, what is, like, the effect I – what are the bombs I'm dropping on people yeah. that, like, maybe I don't know that I'm <laughs> dropping on people? And it's all obviously in good in faith sure. and intention and, like, you're not maliciously delivering insight or information. Mm-hmm. But, like, to kind of take yourself out of your situations and, yeah. like, look down on it and watch and be like, whoa, how, what's going to happen, like, to this person when they continue on? Like, and they take right. from me what I gave them, how is that affecting them? Yeah. Because there is a responsibility to right. that. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that I love about your style of teaching and that I yeah. think translates to all of um, Inner Light is, like, when you said that a minute ago of, like, well, maybe I'll learn from this lesson this time. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Maybe I'll make it 75 more times. Yeah. But, like, you, you say that kind of thing in class of, like, you know, maybe this can be a space of letting go of something. Or maybe not. Maybe yeah. you just carry that thing with you throughout class and you do some yoga and you breathe and right. that's okay too. Like right. There's, so there's no, like, directionality of, like, the should or the expectation of right. what someone should get. And I feel like that does, that sort of invitational language takes you from being, like, the guru to level, like, eye to eye with everybody else. Right. And that, to me, just feels a lot better than this whole, like... I'm going to tell you how to live your life and let me tell you what you need to release and all this crap. I just find that like when you share with people that like you have the same experience as them or like if I'll teach and I'll be like, hey guys, like this is what I'm going through right now. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just sort of like you're saying like takes away this like delineation of like Mm -hmm. I'm up here versus you're over here. Yeah. Because nobody wants to feel that way, (laughs) you know, like and but maybe they do I mean I like I like I said I just feel like there's always I'm a Gemini so it's like there's always two sides to everything I never just want to offer the one or I never just want to explore the one it's like I want to be the okay here's the other side of that right maybe this maybe this right Mm -hmm. and then like you can decide and maybe the choice is too overwhelming and you just don't decide Mm -hmm. and you're like meh (laughs) I'm gonna do this instead yeah you know Well, you mentioned Gemini, and that's another thing that I've sort of, like, touched on, like, really briefly at at points in previous episodes, because it's also just, like, all the past life stuff, and as we were talking about before we press record, like, the tarot stuff, that astrology, so is that something that you know a lot about or have invested much, like, emotional energy in? Really. Like, I feel like I know that I'm, like, a Gemini through and through, and and I believe in that for myself. But I know that there's, like, these moon signs and right. these rising signs and, like, all these different things based on the time you were born and, like, the house you're in and, like, whatever. Yeah. And I would 
I think that is something I would do before going into, like, the past life totally. and the whatever readings. Like, going to a – you can get, like, your birth chart read, I think, mm-hmm. or, like, an astrologer. Yeah. I feel like that, to me, is more interesting because – it's like, you know, when we were kids and you would read, like, the back of Cosmo and get your, like, <laughs> horoscope for the whatever. Yeah. And it's like, there's so much more to that. Right. But I do really believe on the surface level of, like, the traits of a Gemini, mm-hmm. the, like, how they, you know, react one way and feel another way or just have these two-sided things and mm-hmm. how they receive energy and whatever. I really, I believe in that truly. But I haven't, like, dug into it. Yeah. And I feel like it's something I want to do. But I also just am like, where am I going to find the time to do that? Right. Well, it's also Pandora's <laughs> box because it's like right. I'm interested in this. But if I actually dig into it and really dive into my curiosity, like, yeah, it's like this is a time investment. It's an emotional right. investment. It's a financial investment with getting these readings right. done. And, and how so, do you find that person? Right. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, and I think there are – I mean, I've heard a handful of, like, people recommend different people. But right. actually um, – through Sarah Jane, our mutual friend, yeah. who was last week's guest. Yes, she was. Um, she, she recommended, so she's doing like a training with this guy, yes. Jeff Henshaw. She told me about him. Cosmic Cousins podcast. So yes. I had him do my birth chart reading. <gasps> so he sends you and oh my God. you know shout out for Cosmic Cousins podcast. I started listening to it like around that time. And yeah. So I haven't been listening that long, but it is so informative and cool. just like super entertaining. Um, easy to have on in the background when you're doing whatever. And uh, so he sends you this, like, 90-minute recording that's, like, personalized to your whole birth chart. So you get Whoa. to, like, listen to it in chunks or however many times you want. So you, like, give them the day you were born, basically. And the day, the place, because that matters, too. Like, okay. what was happening in the sky at that place at that exact time. And some people don't know. I right. mean, of course, there's, gosh, plenty of people yeah. who don't know even where they were born, if they were adopted or right, whatever. Right, that's true. Um, but if you know your birthplace and your exact time of birth, because the time of birth is what tells you the rising sign. Mm, right, like so where the, the sun was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or, and what was, um, what planet was like on the eastern horizon at that time of your birth. Crazy. And so the cool thing, like, I there's I need to listen to it a bunch more times to, like, fully internalize and, like, yeah. remember. Because it's like, in your first house, there's this and this. And in your 12th house, it's yeah. so much. Wow. But the biggest thing, because he kind of, like, calls it the triple tier of your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign, that those three tell you a lot. And yeah. And I'm not going to remember perfectly, but it's like your life's purpose is the mm-hmm. rising sign and things like that. So... Um, like who you are when you're alone. And, right. Yeah. yeah but like, stuff. I'm a Pisces, yeah. which is all like emotional and creative and yeah. like deep and empathetic and Water all that. sign. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, which, you know, resonate with a little bit, but my, I didn't know that my moon sign and my rising sign are Capricorn, which is like, get shit done. Oh, that makes I'm like, sense. He, he basically said, you're an honorary Capricorn. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And because you have both, that's really interesting or yeah. that they're the same. That the rising yeah, and the moon are the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm like ultra Capricorn. So he was like, yeah. you might even resonate more with Capricorn than you do with Pisces. So I was like, oh, yeah. So you totally need to do a birth chart reading with okay. him or somebody else. <laughs> so do you just like call him? Like what do you do? Yeah, you just, there's a form on his website and you fill it out. And then he's like, okay, this is when I'm going to send you your recording. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing that Pretty immediately. Rad. Yay! Because it's like the like the, the icebreaker to get into like totally the stuff. Yeah, and to just be like, whoa! It's no. a great doorway into it because then yes. you can take it deeper if you want, or you can like come back to it later. Like in six months, I'll be like, oh, now I want to learn more about this. Right. Let me listen to this again and like figure out like what is like moon and rising yeah. and like stars and like all that. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Stuff. Well, and one of the questions that I asked him, which connects some to what we were already talking about, is like that part of my my big skeptical mind is like okay uh but how is it that like what happens to free will mm-hmm. and what happens to choice and chance and all of this stuff when we're like oh well because this was happening in the sky at the time of your birth here's what you're like and here's what you'll struggle with and here's right. like, all of that yeah. so he was really good about answering it and and he he like there are astrologers have different styles of like whether or not they use it for predictive mm-hmm. and i think that he like tends to not um, but uses it more as like a mirror and like a place to, you know, have more insight, whatever. Right. And but, get curious. Yeah. But that is, that is a tough thing for me of like, and, and that connects to like the whole law of attraction stuff of like, yeah. okay, how much power or control 
do we really have and how much free will do we have and how much is random? Like, it's right. just a yeah. big spider web of questions. I know. It's crazy. And, like, when I think of law of attraction, I think of, like, I am this way and I am expressing myself this way. So that's what tends to come towards me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was having this conversation with a girlfriend of mine who is, like, four years younger than I am. And we were talking about how, you know, like, our generation, like, mid to late 20s, nowadays. Or early 30s. Or, yeah, or early 30s. Hey. <laughs> and I think we're on the end of the spectrum, but, like, this whole millennial concept right. of, like, that we're lazy and that we don't know how to work. We're and that entitled. We've, we're entitled. never had to earn anything in our lives. And, like, I don't identify with that. I mean, I surely am the first to tell you, like, I am privileged and I'm fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't, like. I'm not a trust fund kid. I don't not right. work. Like, I don't, I, I do things. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I find that, like, those are the people that end up in my circles and mm-hmm. who I work with or who I aspire to be like because that's who I am at the core. And right. if that's, like, a product of how I was raised or the environment I was raised in, like, I don't know, maybe, sure, mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I also think we're born certain ways, and that's just who we are. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those are the people you attract because I'm not attracted to the person who is just, like, taking their time through life, mm-hmm. and I'm not judging them. I right. think that it's fine whatever you choose to do, but, like, I feel like I couldn't find a way to connect with you, and, like, what would we talk about? Yeah. What would our – how would our interests be similar So, like, that's kind of how I view of, like, law of attraction of, like, this is who I am and what I want. And so that's what's going to come to me and how I'm going to progress through the world, if you will. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that, like, um, I'm going to forget the exact phrase, but, like, that our thoughts become our reality. And I've I've talked about this before in other places, but, like, how um, that's true to an extent because what you focus on you get more of. Totally. 100%. Like, that's the part of the law of attraction that I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, however, our reality also creates our thoughts. So, like, I'm yeah. thinking of some of those people who grew up with, like, you know, hypercritical parent or, like, yeah. just were in an abusive relationship early on yeah. and sort of, like, learned or, like, gravitate toward people that need need fixing or like that they Mm -hmm. want to rescue it's like you know that breaking out of those sort of subconscious patterns is really important or recognizing what subconscious patterns we have and then from there right we can sort of you know say okay well if what I focus on I get more of then what do I want to focus on instead of this right and how can I and I think just like the awareness of like oh this is what I've been focusing on like you're saying like subconscious like I didn't even know that like Mm -hmm. those were the people or those were the things I was seeking and it's like I think encouraging people to wake up is a really interesting concept because like you can't force anything on someone Mm -hmm. but like kind of how I was saying before, just the opportunity to share and say like, hey, this is what I'm going through or this is what I've experienced or this has been really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe could like light the fire for someone else to be like, oh, well, maybe I should get curious about that or I should, you know, dig a little deeper into that and it can help them to sort of open their eyes or, right. you know, because if we're, I don't know, I just feel like we would be, we would all be better if we were all questioning and, yeah. and thinking and, and trying to open up and understand a little bit more yeah, right. about ourselves and then about the world. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, in your close relationships, you're drawn to people who are also curious about right. that stuff. Right. And it's it's funny when, like, you have – maybe it's, like, your levels of that are not as high. Like, maybe you're super into this, and I'm just, like, mildly into that. Mm-hmm. And so – does it work, if it, like, fully? I don't know. Maybe sometimes we'll have stuff to bond over, but maybe then we'll get into, like, a really heated debate because, like, you're so far over that way, and I'm yeah. just kind of like, mm, over here, not sure if I want to go that full direction. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. People are just – I just – I just find that I really – like, people are just like, oh, what's your passion? What's your passion? And I'm just like, people. Yeah. Like, I just want to know about their stories and where they come from and, like, why and how and – I don't know. I just think it's there's so much to tell and so much to learn. Yeah. From each other. Absolutely. And so I wonder too, like for you, where does that sort of getting to know people and their stories intersect with yoga and what you're doing with your studio? Yeah. I think it's just like inviting people in and like breaking down some walls for them. Because I think that it starts with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you have to be willing to want to share or connect or make a friend, right? Like, I can be all, like, open doors, come, 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 but, like, you're going to have to do it. And so I just hope that by the space and the community, it's, like, allowing people to maybe get more comfortable with meeting new people or making Mm -hmm. a connection or learning through their practice of breath and movement that, like, you know, I am – you know, lovable, or I am enough, or I am, like, a really cool person who has some shit worth sharing, and now I, by jumping around and dancing and seeing other people doing the same thing, I now know that, like, maybe these are my people, or maybe they can be the doorway to other people. Right. Something like that. Yeah. And being an entrepreneur is all about relationships and connection. Oh, yeah. And I think that sometimes, like, even I can hear, like, hear myself saying that and be like, ugh. Like, I don't want to, you know, anyone to feel like I'm just connecting with them because of, like, what they might be able to do for me or what that relationship could do for me. But on some level, as long as there's, like, a genuine and there's, like, like a give and take, like, there's truth to that. We need each other and entrepreneurs need each other. But, like, as long as it's real. Right. It's like, I don't, I think of it as like when you go to like a networking event or like a (laughs) networking networking party. Yeah. Like those, the thought of that like makes me (laughs) want to throw up Yeah, because I'm just like not the person who's like going to go like sell or like Mm -hmm. be like just in that environment. And it's, I'm sure some of them are great, but that's like not for me. Yeah. And I feel like you could just know when people are, like... Like, I've had many of people who just, like, try and start connection and conversation based on, like, they have this business or that business mm-hmm. and they want to come to us. And, like, you can just tell right away when it's, like, oh, man, I just... Your intentions are just yeah. for yourself. Which, like, I want everyone to have opportunity sure. and grow and support. But it's, like, I want it to be, like, because, oh, my gosh, I want to bring my business to Interlight Yoga because, like, Interlight Yoga is a part of my life. Yeah, partnership. Yes, and, like, I love it and I love being here. It's not like, you know, oh, I saw them on Instagram and they look really cool. I'm just going to, like, try and see if I can offer this service there. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, that doesn't really, like, feel good for us. It's like I'd rather not Mm -hmm. than do. Yeah. You know? Well, and another, like, entrepreneur kind of, um, interesting question that I'm thinking about with with what you do with Interlight Yoga is like mm-hmm. yoga thankfully over the past what 40 30 years something like that has just gone from like little little bit of interest in the west to ginormous and everyone and yeah. their mom and their sister are all yoga teachers yes and so there's there's a lot of competition yes. if we want to use that word but yes. like so I don't know just like the differentiating and, like, how did you also decided to differentiate in the way that you did? Yeah. The biggest thing for me was that the practice and the method that I sort of created from all these different practices and methods that I was doing just felt so good for me. Mm-hmm. And it felt truly, like, it was something that opened up something inside of me that was like, oh, wow, like, I feel so good with this, and I want to share it because it makes me feel so good. So I think that's where that came from. And just, like, I don't know, I've always wanted to sort of march to the beat of my own drum. I mean, I get a lot of inspiration from a lot of different teachers and studios and whatever, but I feel like my personal experience, if I'm putting out something that is a ripoff or a copy of someone else, I feel really shitty about myself. And I feel like my character is judged and I just couldn't really go to sleep at night. So I knew that I wanted something that was different and just the hope that people would get it because we're not very traditional, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, You know, music is a huge factor of what we do and it's pop music and you know, relatable music and not like spiritual or like, you know, instrumental sounding music. So that in itself was different and I don't know I just thought that like it would be something that there would be people who would be into it and it would maybe make the deep rooted philosophies and practices of yoga more approachable yeah because it's kind of overwhelming sometimes when you go into a setting of yoga and there's like a lot of Sanskrit being spoken or there's like a lot of silence or and it's not bad there are Mm -hmm. beautiful methods within that stuff but for the average person I think and how you were explaining how yoga has really evolved through our culture it is a bit more mainstream Mm -hmm. 
And it is a bit more packaged up in a pretty way. Yeah. Which I don't think we can deny. Right. And I think there are people who... There are people who will criticize anything. Oh. Right? Just, we got all that I'm shit. I'm sure. It was like, oh, yoga party. That's not what yoga is. Music. Like, pop music. <laughs> like, how can that be yoga? And it's like, how can it not be? Right. Like, what do you... Who gets to define that? Yeah. You know? Like, because yoga, even at the simplest of, like, silence and by yourself, can look so different. Yeah. For so many different people. And I'm like, listen, you're breathing. You are moving your body. And, like, you are finding connection to yourself. Like, mm-hmm. how is that not... It's just a different way of getting there. Yeah. You know? Right. And, yeah, it's exactly. The breath and the movement is there. So, I mean, and and yes, a lot of these sort of traditional Mm -hmm. um, poses and the traditional flow is there. So it's like, who who could say that's not yoga? It's ridiculous. Right. But I'm also, like, laughing in my head right now because um, I just remembered as you were saying that that I had this dream, like, maybe a week or two ago. Oh, God. And it was like, so I have yoga anxiety dreams sometimes. Because, <laughs> you know, I struggle with my confidence sometimes. Yes. Um, and that's okay. But it's, it, this particular one was so funny because I was, like, in the middle of teaching a class. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, someone, like, came from the front and got me and was like, we have to stop. And at the door, there was this, like, it. it's a guy that, like, a little bit of an older guy who is kind of I, that I used to work with several years back, and mm. he was like, he made me feel super intimidated and not mm. good enough, and like yep. sort of in that you know authoritarian mm. like yes man way yes yes. And um, so I haven't thought about him in so long, but he was there, and he was like, um, we need to all talk about this because this is not what yoga is supposed to be. Like, what are you doing? Oh and God. it was so, I was, like, so crying and, oh like, oh, like, the worst. No, dreams are so weird. Dreams are so weird. I actually, this is, like, bringing up my dream. So it was probably, like, this morning's dream. You know, I got up super early, went back to bed, and I had a dream that I was teaching. And it was, like, I have this big private class in a couple, like, next week. Yeah. And it's for, like, these big, you know, whatever CEO, whatever mm. people, and which I'm excited about. But it was sort of that in my dream, but it wasn't. You know when you're like, I think this is what this is, I don't know what it is. But yeah. I was like teaching and nobody was listening <laughs> and everyone was like, why are you doing this? What's the like purpose? Like why? And, it, and then it was like, I put them in a like warrior two and I was like, I gotta go. And I like <laughs> left the room and just like left them there and then like came back in and was like, okay, reverse warrior. And That's like, great. it was just like so <laughs> bizarre and weird. And like, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like, I mean, tarot, astrology, past life, all this stuff, dreams. Right. I'm about to start this like program this this doctorate program where yeah. like, all the the Jungian stuff dreams are a big part of that and so right. I feel like a little dream baby I'm like I know a little bit but not much right and and I'm trying to get past that barrier of like ugh, I got to be willing to like write my little dream fragment down as soon as I wake up yes and then go back to sleep otherwise it's just gone right I've been doing that by yeah. the way cool yeah and it's really I write like how I feel when I wake up and then what I remember from my nice. dream And my therapist told me that, like, everything in your dream, whether it's a person or an object or whatever, is innately you. part of your psyche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I haven't been able to unpack that quite yet. Yeah. And I think it's the same, like, some people would say it's the same with the tarot deck. That, Mm. you know, some people might read it as, like, say, the court cards, like this, you know, the queen of swords or whatever. Right. Maybe a particular person in your life, and that's not wrong, but there are other people who will say that, no, no, it's always, like who is your internal, like, how is that right. sort of showing up internally for you? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that's a much more liberating way to view my dreams. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to think about, like, this dude again, but what is he representing in me? Right. You know? But then it's like, well, ew, why am I represented <laughs> as that guy? What am I doing that's, like, him? Yeah. Like, you know? And, yeah. like, I've had a lot of dreams recently where I'm naked in a lot of places. Yes. <laughs> And I'm just like, I guess maybe I'm feeling exposed or, but it's funny because I don't know if this is for you, but I feel like when I start to analyze my dreams and I start to think about all these things of like, oh, it's me or what does being naked mean versus Mm -hmm. whatever this means, like, and then I'm like, well, I don't know where that is in my life, my like in reality life. Yeah. Like, I don't, do I feel that way? I don't think so. Yeah. 
But somewhere, I guess I do. Somewhere deep down in, like, level eight of your psyche. (laughs) Like, all the way down here. It's like the little inside-out people in your brain. Like, putting your, like, memories or whatever it is into their little bubble glowing orb thing. They're like, remember this time from the fifth grade? We're just going to take that and morph it into this, now you're naked in yoga class. Yes. Like, it's so (laughs) bizarre. And I've been trying to, like, relate the dreams into real life and really, like, discovering like okay why where do I maybe feel exposed or or does being naked even mean that you feel exposed right maybe it's something else maybe you're just like really comfortable in your skin yeah I don't know yeah it's just it's very interesting but try and write down your dreams because it's I've been getting a little better I have because I have the pen right there and the notebook open so that way I don't have any like even if it's in the dark and I'm scribbling on the page right which is what I recommend because I'm like super anal about my sleep I'm like no I don't want to wake up and then not be able to get back to sleep right or like turn on a light or like sometimes I'm like I don't even want to open my eyes like I just want to like scribble or I just want to like if I have to pee I'm like oh man I gotta pee and I'm like okay keeping my eyes closed (laughs) navigating to the bathroom peeing with my eyes closed back into the bed because I'm the same I'm like don't fuck with me in my sleep yes if you're waking me up and I don't want to wake up pissed yeah oh just wait for that part of parenthood right oh my gosh I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> I really don't know what I'm gonna do it'll just be like you'll know that it's temporary right so you'll like push through right yeah because I love sleep yeah me too it's it's a love affair I think you posted sure. on Instagram it was like that little yeah like hamster or something uh-huh. and in he, a little robe yes and it was like I just want to sleep for 22 hours a day or something yeah. like that I have all these dreams but like I'm in this body of someone who wants to sleep all yes. the time. Yes. <laughs> and I just, like, love yeah. naps and sleep. And yeah. I'm like, let – I just feel like that's where I recharge. Yeah, totally. Because it's like, I don't have to talk to anybody. Right. I don't have to, like, be anybody. Uh-huh. I can maybe, like, escape in my mind a little bit to, right. like, my dreamland or whatever it is yeah. that's in there. Before they turn into all the weird shit that, like, is your actual yeah. dream. Because you're like, oh, I want to dream about this tonight. And you, like, close yeah. your eyes and you're, like, creating this beautiful scene in your mind. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, man. Morphed into something That was crazy. weird. Like, yeah. I went to a weird place. <laughs> and now I don't know how I'm going to fall back asleep after right. that. It's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. wild. Um, well, it's interesting. So, like, you saying you recharge with sleep. It's this beautiful yin and yang. Yes. As I was even reading, like, what you wrote in my little questionnaire, it's like your main purpose is like connection with people and then one of the questions you're like in nature what's most beautiful a scene where there's nobody around yes like nobody there yes versus connection and then also you you know you said the same thing with like being in your body either it's like movement over and over and over again yes or complete stillness yes so I love that like I know and I feel like that's very Mm Gemini-esque right like you have these two parts of you the twins or whoever that you want to define it as and like that's just your union of opposite and it it helps to I feel like when I have too much of one Mm -hmm. too much sleep or too much alone time I'm really like not showing up well but if I have too much people connection teaching Mm -hmm. tell me tell me tell me share 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 I'm like exhausted depleted right you know so it's like I love the two sides of the coin but I have to work really hard to keep them in balance right exactly because I think sometimes there's a part of me that's like I just want to go and be a hermit but then I know that that won't fulfill me because I'll need the energy from other people but if I'm giving of my energy to other people too much Mm -hmm. I'm like I got to go away and like not talk to anybody for a while yeah well and that whole like polarities and union of opposites made me think about this is like way back in my brain yoga teacher training but isn't it the values where it's like yeah pressing up while you're pressing down pressing forward while you're pressing back yeah even feeling that somatically in our bodies of like what these kind of dialectics can can feel like physically and emotionally too yeah and you know like yoga at its core is to unite Mm -hmm. and so it's like the I always like to unite the opposite you know find that place where you feel balanced between whatever those two sides of you are or you know anything like that and I just think that some days you're winning and some days you're not yeah and that's just like life yeah (laughs) which is hard but also like just the realization to be like okay this is okay yeah it's just part of life Mm -hmm. you know so are there any like favorite places of inspiration recently and or just like things that you're loving Mm, well 
we went to London, yes. which was like amazing. Yeah. So I think just the travel was great. Cool. Um, this thing that kept coming up for me, we did a we did a bunch of yoga classes and cycling classes and stuff while we were there, and it was like I'm just like so grateful. I spoke about this in my class when I came back. Was like for methods, practices, and movements that like remind us that we're all the same. Yes, you know, and it's like here we are in this foreign country across the world. And London is an extremely diverse city. So, I mean, we met probably, like, two British people while we were there. I mean, wow, yeah, it was crazy. amazing. It was, like, we ate all different ethnic, ethnic foods yeah. and everything. And so to be in this country, far from your own, with all these other different people, and here we all are, you know, stretching on a yoga mat. Yeah. Here we all are bouncing on a spin bike. And, like, we're in this place together. Yeah. And, like, it's somehow uniting us. And it is, like, so beautiful mm-hmm. and I think that like that reminder was just like really nice definitely to carry with me and like bring back and like coming back and sort of back into the real life is hard you know when you have this like fairy tale trip and then you're like oh <laughs> shit I gotta go like run a business again yeah that's been really hard and like this week has been a lot but just like holding on to that of like gosh there are so many beautiful places in the world yeah. and yet like we're all just the same. Right. That unity, that remembrance of our oneness and the universality and then how we normally live in this sort of illusion of separateness. Yes. Yes. And just like, you know, when we're like at Buckingham Palace and everybody's like, oh my God, photos, photos, blah, 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 blah. It's like, we're all just curious people. And here is like a new thing that we're all seeing for the first time and we're going to have different reactions to it. And when you're getting, like, frustrated that, like, tourist number one is, like, in your way or whatever. It's like, well, they're just having their experience. And I'm having mine and we're here together. And then, like, they're going to go off and do their thing and we're going to go off and do ours. And, like, I don't know. It was just, like, kind of how I mentioned before, like, pulling yourself out of these situations and sort of watching Mm -hmm. and observing from, like, a higher vantage point. I don't know. It's just really cool. Yeah, I mean, that shift in perspective, I always come back to that. The power that we have with that shift in perspective, and it's the little things, the big things, like, um, just flash to this, like, time I was at Dollar General, like, months ago, and I was getting, like, batteries, or, like, one or two things. Yeah. And, of course, I walked up at, like, just the wrong time, and there's one cashier, and there was a lady in front of me with, like, an entire basket of groceries. Uh. And I don't even think that it was that I had to be somewhere super quick, but, you know, it's like that impatience thing kicks in. And then I want to go into all this judgment of, like, oh, my God, she only has yes. da-da-da-da-da in her cart. Like, what? how right. is she living, eating that stuff? And, like, it's yes. all the judgment wheels are just turning. Yes, and you're, like, the cashier, like, has no sense of urgency. Yeah. Like, right. well, do your job. Like Exactly. <laughs> yes. And it was just, like, it, you know, and in that moment, I'm miserable. Yeah. I'm miserable because I'm hating the moment i'm i'm being hateful toward this person right and i'm getting nothing out of it right so it was like i'm certainly don't claim to be able to do this all the time but in that moment i was there long enough yes. that i had to like sit with what my own misery and i was like well all right or i could just choose to feel a lot of love toward this woman and like not have to know why but i'm just i'm just going to feel really like loving and patient with her right now yeah and i just tried to like literally picture that like coming out of my heart toward her oh i love that and and it helped it helped me yeah and i think and at some point then she like apologized to me and i was like no it's really okay and i was being honest yeah and, yeah like and, i'm actually okay yeah. now 10 minutes ago i hated you but right. now i just feel really good about and this and i think she left and was like you know god bless you and i was like you too yeah like, <laughs> oh the people helping moments. people right? <laughs> like and it's so hard because so many of us and like you said it doesn't happen every time for you we're not angels and saints on this earth but so many people are just never even aware to that concept Mm -hmm. and like think about how they move through life and the way that they you know treat others and then maybe even treat themselves and it's just like gosh I wish that like more and more people could open up to maybe even just experiencing that one time and like seeing how that feels for them and like what that would do for the greater Mm -hmm. good of humanity yeah so we might have already just gone there but last question what's the fucking point oh my god what is the fucking (laughs) point I think I think I wrote like to show up yeah is that what I said Uh yeah I I really do like it's just showing up as like who you are and being open to, like, what we're all here for. I mean, because I don't yeah. think we will ever know what the fucking point is, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. But, like, for me right now, it just feels like to show up. Like, 
be a human, Mm -hmm. be in that experience, whatever it is that you're having, and just, like, take part in it. Yeah. And maybe move from a little more of a space of kindness and understanding and, like, less judgment if you can. But maybe you won't some days. And then Mm -hmm. just being gentle with yourself to then encourage yourself to show up again. Right. Right? Because, like, if we're just out there and, you know, I was driving my car yesterday and this person was not driving and I literally was like, I hate you. You are a terrible driver. You need to move. Go forward. Yeah. And then I felt really bad because I was like, oh, person, I'm really sorry. I don't know you. You could be having a hard day, you know? And then it's like, instead of letting that, like, discourage me to, like, not show up again, it's like, okay, I'm going to go back out there and I'm probably going to get pissed at the next driver who cuts me off. But, oh, okay, let's try this again. And let's just keep showing up. Yeah. And showing up means, like, being an active participant in your own life instead of just, like, existing and, like, on autopilot. And that's what I'm all about is, like, like you said earlier, just waking up, waking up. Yes. Yes. And, like, even if it's one conversation you have with Mm -hmm. someone and instead of, you know, driving by the person without looking, maybe you just turn and smile and, like, see how that makes you feel. Beautiful. And then do it again. Yes. And again. There it is. And again. All right. I think we did it. Yeah, we did it! <laughs> so where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, the and interwebs. IRL. In real life, you can obviously come take class with me at Inner Light Yoga. If I'm... you live in Nashville or if you're traveling through Nashville, right. like everyone does. So yes. I'm sure if you're listening to this, at some point you will come to Nashville. Come visit. Um, I'm there all the time. Come take Val's class because her restorative <laughs> class is literally a dream. I think she made me cry last time. I gave her a big hug. It was so great. Um, and online, Instagram is, like, my method yeah. of choice. It's MEP Singer. And then Inner Light Yoga Nashville is our business handle. But, yeah, I like to um, share a good amount on Instagram and just, like, be real. And also, like, you see a lot of my dog. Yes. And Winston Charlie. Winston Charlie talking his voice all the time. <laughs> yeah, so follow me. Let's be friends. Love it. Yay, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This was the best. I don't want to leave this cozy room. Yeah, you could just stay. It'll okay. be fine. I just take to, a nap. I have to go teach class, but <laughs> I'll come back. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find past episodes and show notes at wonderwelltherapy.com slash podcast. We'll take you to the place to find all of that good stuff if you're looking for links or resources or anything else related to the show. Also, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, it helps more people find out about the show. That's bit.ly slash WTFP review. I'll see you next time. And until then, keep asking those big questions.